Hello, good people, and welcome to this is episode four, and stop four of our eighty-six pub crawl. I am Chris Shorten. This is the Friends of Beer Collective. With me is Paul Christoph. Good afternoon. And with me is Pete. G'day there. And we are at what well, we're at what will eventually become the beer hall of Bodrigi. Um, uh, What's a hall at the moment? Yeah. Well. I mean, it, I can see bits, and I can assume where the bar is going to be. There are exposed bricks. That's so with next level exposed yeah. bricks. are on trend. Exposed beans. It's exposed everything. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it definitely feels like it's Abbotsford. You know, it's. Uh, I mean, I assume that this is actually. Um, I mean, it's a work site right now. But it, once you get rid of the equipment, you know, that's this is all it's going to be. You know, lots of natural sunlight. <laughs> yeah. Well, believe it or not, this is. Uh, we've been here for nearly three years now, and um, it looks like it's miles and miles away but we're kind of coming to the to the rear end of of the build and we we hope to be open in february or march it's fantastic um, so yeah we're just completing the roof at the moment you can see we're doing these will be retractable on these sides oh these yeah big stubby glass retractable roofs and these main sections here will be um permanent skylights yeah um it'll be a convenient post uh, brewer's feast yeah Venue. Yeah, but this place is incredible. Um, yeah, we, we we loved it straight away when we uh, we all my two business partners and I we both live in Abbotsford. I just live on the back the back of the street here, and um, uh, we love this area. And um, we just uh, it was a bit of a we just sort of stumbled across the site, and um, we were look we were talking about doing a brew pub for. Couple, couple of years and we hadn't really put in uh, any genuine effort to try and accomplish that but then this place came up and um, it fast-tracked our plans significantly we, we, um, we kind of gathered it all together and made it happen pretty quick and then it was sort of ironic because then we just sort of sat here for three years <laughs> after so uh, I, I, I should flag something really important to me because like um, you know, we talk about how you've been sitting here for three years, but I can see, though I'm sitting at a, um, a table surrounded with sawdust right now, I can see over there, it's like probably the most shining um, brewery, there is an actual like, brewery, brewery yeah, I've ever yeah. seen. Yeah, so that's been um, that's been going for nearly five months now. So we sort of just, um, as soon as we got the permits and um, council approval, we kind of just fast-tracked the back, back half of the building. And... Um, that's good because it's sort of uh, activated essentially two third or well, third of the building. So uh, um, and yeah, it, it does look like it's a mile off, but we've actually been this. I don't know if you know, but this this whole area right here next to us is a that's a toilet block that we've put in. So that that oh. didn't that didn't exist three months ago. So there'll be two staircases on each end, and we dug out. Um, 450 square meters of soil, and we're adding it um, a level underneath. Uh, yeah, so that was that was huge. Uh, so uh, the, I think there's an obvious question that needs to be asked here, because um, you kind of you kind of glossed over the fact that um, simply you know you you and your mates had been um, or you and your business partners had been like, yeah yeah we'll, we'll build we'll build a brew pub one day. Who who just sits down and says who I'm just going to build a brew pub one day? What, what's what's the motivation that forces one into that situation? Sorry, not um, forces, yeah, well, we we um, uh, started Dr. Moore's across the road, 
um, a bit over five years ago now. Oh. And it was a, um, yeah, it's me and two other guys, and we had a. Um, it's always been a fairly solid focus on sort of independent beer and, and or anything really that's small batch and independent and um and you guys have an amazing um, i had no idea that um, you guys also owned dr morse oh, but cool, yeah. you always have a really good um what is it the the beaver town art selection at yeah, during yeah. the beer week yeah the art option yeah amazing food mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah we the know the new, the new menu yeah yeah, yeah it's been um <laughs> it's been uh it's been a great so does it still have the, does it still have the truffle fries no they're gone no the truffle fries. <laughs> Oh guys, people still pull me up. That First so menu good. where we had, we had s'mores, and people still ask me about that. But, uh, but no, throw, throwback menu one day. Yeah. No, we we um we were talking about it. As I said, we were talking about it for a while, and we um we thought that we wanted to step it up in size wise, and uh, we didn't obviously preempt this uh, a space so close, but um, <laughs> knowing the fact that we. Um, we we see what sort of potential this area has, and we and we genuinely think it's like a, a great space to socialise and, and, and live in. Um, we yeah we just went for it. So we kind of came for a brief walkthrough, and then a, a day later we were putting we were submitting um, our interest in the lease, and sort of a, a month later we had it. So it, yeah, uh, then we next thing we know, two months after we walked through here, we we're in America for a month, like doing a really comprehensive group group pub tour. Um, As you do. Yeah, yeah. And but came back and sort of got, got stuck into it. Um, it's really exciting. Yeah. Um, I think I think the big question I have to ask before I ask anything else is why Bodrigi? Bodrigi. What's in a name? Um. Well, Bodrigi is the original stone mason on the on the building that um, joins. The, it's called it's called Bodrigi Villa. Oh. Yeah. So it joins the the premises together, and I just kind of um, it took me a while to get that one over the line. Uh, not everyone was really into it, but um, I can imagine. I kind of I just thought it had a really unique ring to it. I thought it sounded iconically Australian, which I really liked, um, and I thought it. There was no more poignant word to sum up where we were and what we're doing, so I kind of uh, stuck with it. And um, I, I personally really, I really like it because it sort of uh, it encompasses the brand. Because we want to be, we don't want to be a super serious, a super uh, polished style brand. We want to be a brand that's representative of this area, and um, we want to have. Beers that we think people in this area want to want to drink, so um, it just made sense for me to name. Yeah, even though yeah, I mean it's it's pretty tough on the phone <laughs> explaining <laughs> the email addresses and stuff like that continuously. But um, um, you remember and, it, though. That's here. That's it. Yeah, yeah. How many other uh, like how many other um, things have people um, thought? Of, uh, oh, how many mispronunciations have you had? Oh. Bodrigidi, um, oh man, thousands. Um, yeah, so many. It's 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 fine though. Um, as long, same as a lot of other things, it'll it'll start making more sense once the once the venues open. Um, people sort of at the moment, it sort of feels like the story has only been 
couple of pages in, but once the venue's open and we've been open for a while, it'll all sort of tie, tie everything in. Um, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> well, how how long have you, when did you intend to open it versus um, when it's actually open? Um, oh, like I think it's, originally we were really, probably a little bit, uh, just a bit silly. We thought we'd kind of be up and running within a year or a, like across the road took us 10 months mm. um, but here we thought because of the size of this it would, might, might be a year and a half uh, we had that's some like most of the delays were to do with um, us getting the permit uh, over the line yeah so there was a lot of um, I had to go to this sort of the next level of mediation in at the council to do with uh, because we'll have a live music license. We'll be licensed oh, for 425 people and that's a live music. So we can oh, have wow. live that's music until so 1 a.m. So people just, uh, it's a little bit of a, I, I understand it. I live in the area and um, people kind of feel like they thought we were going to have just like a raging like, nightclub mm. sort of thing. You mean you're not having a raging nightclub? Nah. Now you're telling <laughs> But um, yeah. anyway, yeah, we got, we got it over the line. Yeah. Well, got everything you wanted out of the council. Yeah, well, that's that's kind of the way it works as well. We sh we we sh went for gold, and then we just had to, as a result, we kind of just had to bide our time a little bit and um, kept kept in mind the bigger picture. And um, we probably waited six months longer than what we would have if we'd gone in under. But now we don't have to worry about it ever. So this there'll be a little front room here. So we've got take away will be a bottle shop. That's where we um, sell all our own stuff and some some other guys' stuff as well. Um, well, you're so in the right neighbourhood for it. Yeah, we've got full takeaway provisions, uh, license for 425 people till 1 a.m. with the live music component. So it's, it's awesome. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's incredible. Yeah. So I think we should actually talk about like the beer itself. So uh, obviously uh, you guys have, which we'll get we'll get to your pale, which we're sipping at the moment. Um, you've got a Nipah, you've got the cucumber beer, you've got... A, a, what is your choice of why you make the beer that you make? Um, well, we, we make beer that we think people in this area will enjoy and obviously beer that we think um, that we personally like to drink. So there is a lot of... There's a lot of hop-driven beers in, in our range, a lot of emphasis on freshness. Um, and we also, we're still really young, but um, we will be making a lot of sour beers as well. So it's a lot of IPAs and a lot of sours. They're, they're the, the beers that we like to drink. Um, and they're the beers that um, we, we think, without looking into it too much, people in this area at the moment or in the next few years will enjoy drinking as well. Um, the reason, I guess the reason we like those beers is because, um, yeah, I, like, I, I, me and my other business partner, we're both hop fiends, like we do like hop beers and our ability to uh, put ourselves in a really great position to supply people with super fresh beers. We'll have, um, we'll have uh, 8,000 litres worth of serving tank directly behind the bar, that will be full of like completely unadulterated, fresh as you can get beer. Is anyone doing a tank bar in Melbourne? 
I think stopping down of serving tanks, but it's not in the, in the bar. It's sort of yeah. sort of in that little area off to the side. Um, no, I don't think anyone would have that that amount. Um, so, yeah, that's sort of fresh. That you know, in my opinion, is the reason that the craft scene oh, in the states and now in, in Australia is sort of blossomed because people genuinely uh, can appreciate and acknowledge the fact that the only way to drink good beer most of the time is to have it super fresh. Only way to do that is to live close to the brewery. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and and I suppose it's it's always odd because like uh, whenever whenever any of us goes to the states and you'll find like um, you, you find a brew pub I suppose but a brew uh, but the brew pubs tend to more often than not I feel like they have like your very standard sort of range of beers they yeah. get very safe yeah but I mean you're very fortunate I suppose in that because you started out as being you know you were just a brand for a start before you had like a distinct brewery mm. then that it meant that you could actually define what your uh, define what your brand could be and get through all the basics so now you yeah. can put on all these interesting beers and people will accept it. Yeah, totally. I mean, I'm not like if I had my time over, I probably would have. I've heaps of things I would have done differently, but um, uh, like I would have, I probably would have waited until we're all set up here. Mm. It was just a little bit hard to control, um, fully control what what we wanted out of the beer when we weren't brewing it under our own roof. Um, but it's just stuff that. In, in other ways, it was a good learning experience. We we now brew beers here for other breweries, so we do some contract stuff. Ah, I guess it's big. Yeah. So that was dealing with other breweries on that um, on that contract style relationship taught me um, what to what to do and what not to do as far as the direct partnership with another brewery when you are brewing their beer for them. Mm. Um, so that was a good experience, I guess. Um, definitely, yeah, I would, as I said, I probably, I probably wouldn't have made so much beer, not under my own roof, without my time over again. But uh, I'm sure we'll have more shockers. No, that won't be the first, won't be the last either. But that's okay. I mean, this is a beer is an art form, basically. Exactly. Yeah. You're going to have things that people don't agree with. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, there's something interesting about trying, isn't it? That's it. And uh, like uh, we found that a lot of well, a lot of my favourite stuff that we've done, people people haven't got into it. Um, and a lot of the stuff that I thought was an absolute stinker, people love it. So it's just sort of like, uh, kind of just. Uh, well, which one was which? Uh, uh, the pro I'm not going to go through it all. <laughs> Can you give us one example? Are uh, we? Uh, we did a we did a Radler. It was a pear pear and juniper Radler, and um, we like it was a we we want to do those sorts of really really zingy fresh summery beers, and um, I thought it was a good idea. And uh, with a Radler, you 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 know you, yeah, it's a high yield beer, so you we pumped in three thousand liters worth of straight pear juice, so your beer goes. You know, it's, it's a, you, you yield a lot, so we just had a shit ton of these kegs. And uh, the first round went well, but then after that, it's the type of beer you probably only order one, one or two kegs of, and then it sort of sat there. So we had to, had to keep a bit of it. But uh, it's it all learning, delicious. all yeah. learning experience. Yeah, yeah. And basically, when you have your own space, you can do your single mm. kegs and yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Free interview, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, one, one thing, a uh, few episodes ago, we spoke with uh, Asher at Stomping Ground. Oh, yeah. And then, um, the, the one thing that I asked him, because one of the beers we had was the barley wine. Oh, yeah. And I sort of said to him, it's, you're a brewery that's less than two years old. How are you doing a barley wine and getting away with it? And it was just because basically they have the tap space. Yeah. And they can just put it on, put it on there and leave it. Yeah. Um, is it... Is your goal a similar thing to make sure that you've got enough taps to take risks? Um, yeah, I don't think we'll, if, you, if we're comparatively speaking, like Stomping Ground has... Um, I know, you're very different beasts. That, yeah, they would have, they'd have, I feel like they have, um, they'll have a lot more beers than us. We probably won't be quite, uh, have such a, a big uh, variety and, and we'll probably sort of hone in more on, on a, single like we, we I, don't, I can't see us doing uh, a whole bunch of Belgian beers and, um, well, not yet of, <laughs> not yet I think we'll sort of more focused we, yeah as, a, as I said we'll probably be doing like a fair few IPAs and a, and a fair few sours so in that respect we kind of don't um, well, you never know man you never know like we'll have a little uh, a little barrel program here that um I'm looking forward to getting into. Um, we'll just see what. That's the plan. Like I've learned not to put anything too much into concrete, just because it's um, you kind of got to leave it open. We'll, we'll have 68 taps throughout the whole venue, so there's a lot of there's a lot of beer to fill. Um, we, in theory, we could have 68 different kegs in the cool room. I don't think we will Sounds have. Sounds like that. a challenge to me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we'll see what happens. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna frame all my eggs into one basket yet. Depends on the people. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah. Um. All right. Uh, you mentioned before that you um, follow. Uh, you're aiming for to people what the tastes of the people of this neighbourhood. Uh, how do you how do you know what? Um, firstly, how do you know what they are, and how do you know when they're going to change? Well, I guess the Z ring is from Dr. Moss. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's like just living, I guess, living in this area and socialising in it relatively frequently. Uh, and yeah, we do get a lot of um, a, a lot of feedback off, off what people are drinking at Dr. Morse. It's, you know, it's, it's also more about what, it's mostly about what we, what beers we like. Also, obviously, we have to sell them to the public, so it's important that people take them, but um, that is definitely a box the tickets we, we want we want to be proud of um, proud of the beers that we make and we want to want them to represent um, this this venue and I guess this suburb to a certain respect appropriately um, so yeah no you're right though I don't know categorically that people are definitely gonna necessarily drink the beers that we make but um, I think that as long as it's true but we're hopefully if we're true enough to the brand people people will get into it in the end and the, the signs are that um the signs are looking pretty positive at the moment anyway yeah is there anything i'll go okay. is there anything you want mate um uh, i don't know like i wouldn't rule out anything i'm not like i'm probably not gonna like punch out a whole bunch of am amber ales in the next, at least not the next six months, you never know, you never know. Um, 
No, I mean, apart from, I, I, I don't think there's too many things that we won't try. Um, I would just be very impressed if there was a sudden um, surge of amber ales. Yeah. Opening day, 68 different amber ales. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, when we originally sat down and we thought about like our portfolio, we had um, we just had a shit ton of beers that, uh, in the end, we realised really quick after starting up is we found it just a bit safer to sort of refine down on what you do and then make sure everything you do do is super super good. Uh, and then we kind of found that also that when we had this giant portfolio, there was so many of the beers were kind of crossing over stylistically. So there was sort of, you know, we do a Pilsner, so then we're going to do a draft. Like, you know, sort of, they are they are different in certain respects, but there's, um, I guess, an underlying concept in the beer that was relatively similar. So we just sort of. Um, and it gives us a position to make sure that we don't sell out quicker as well if we can kind of hone in what we do a little bit more. Wait, wait do you mean um, sell out your um, uh, sell out the beers or sell out the brand? No, no sell out sell out the beers. Yeah, yeah, making sure you know we've got a couple of sales reps on the road now. They they work really hard. It's probably competitive as to get on tap points, and then if yeah. we run out all the time, it's it's just. It hinders momentum, so um, yeah, they, they can't sell something they don't have. That's it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that's one quick like you spent. We've got guys that have spent like literally nearly two years trying to get on tap at places, and then we've got on tap, and then only just pretty much run out of something the next week. It's just like brutal. They did two hundred hours worth of work on that one tap point, all gone down the drain in one minute. But I suppose it's a relationship in the end. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. Um, I think we should pause for a second and get some beer. Hmm. And we are back. And but well, this is our this is our first beer, though I'll admit we've been sipping it for the entirety of the episode. Um, and it is Pete. What is it? Um, it's the Highbinder Pale Ale. Yeah, it's um, it's a it's a sort of a more hop-driven beer with a kind of a quite an emphasis on mosaic hops. It's like a, a really sort of candied candied pear flavour that we're shooting for. And this is we packed this out on Friday, oh. um, so it's nice and fresh. Where we just. Um, it's taken us a little bit of time to dial in our system as far as the, the amount of bitterness that we've been extracting out of our whirlpool has been um, taking us a little bit of time to get on top of. But we just uh, lowered the temp a little bit on this guy and it's, um, it's come out a bit more juicy and a little bit more sessionable. Um, but yeah, it's tasted really good, I think. Okay, it's, yeah, it's beautiful. Is this one of the ones that um, you could do better because it was in your own brewery? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it hasn't been as troublesome as other beers that we've had. Like it's a, it is a, it's a relatively um, straightforward recipe in a lot of respects that um, most breweries can repli replicate pretty easy. Um, but it's definitely been awesome just, just getting in, having it in, the, in under our own roof and um, 
tweaking it every time to the point like this has been the, the, the big reason that we wanted to get the brewery going before the venue so we could we really want the beers to be absolutely zinging by the time the venue's open and it just sort of means that we've brewed every beer four or five times at least by the time we open which is um, which is awesome i feel like most people kind of give you a little bit of leeway new breweries uh, the first couple of brews you do um, but you'd hope so. Yeah, um, but we, I mean, we would have brewed the pale sort of seven, eight times by February or March, so it should, and it has every single time just gotten better and better. Got a, quite a thorough sort of quality control program that we're trying to implement, and it's, um, yeah, it's working. It's good that it's not getting worse, things are getting better, so that's the yeah, that's all you can ask for. Um, did, we ever, did we ever have this on the podcast? I don't think we ever had it. No. Back in the... Sure, we talked about the artwork. Uh, we, on oh, the podcast. Yeah, we, we did. It's like a long time, pretty much when we... This is definitely the first, well... The first, like, the first I ever saw by the viewers. Well, well, I reckon that we talked about it after I went to the old bar launch. Oh, okay, so Yeah, um, cool. Uh, first time I checked it in and untapped would be the first time I had it, so... <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, and that's now, as we know, it's a, it's a bit different than it was. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, before, I'd really like to know about the artwork, but firstly, what is... Uh, sorry, actually, no, before we get on to the big... Tell me Mark about the Kopf. artwork. 1st of July, 2016. Oh, yeah. Uh, what, what view is it? Highlander. Highlander. And, and um, there you go. Um, well, the artwork is done... Um, it's, a big, it's a big part of our brand, and it's... Um, the artwork is done by a guy called Matthias. He's a, a friend of mine. I, I lived in Germany for a couple of years, and uh, it was a guy that I met over there. And I, um, I always thought he just did really incredible. Um, I was a big fan of his. And um, when we first started to think about the branding and what, what we were gonna do, he was the first guy I spoke to, and he's been pretty much on board from day one. Um, so, he, is, is this his style for everything? Or? Yeah, he, yeah, oh, he, he does like a kind of an Adobe style, but now now that we're getting all our accounts printed, he does lots of sort of more hand-done illustration stuff. Um, the whole concept behind the, the Bodrigi guy is it's a, he's an Australian character that's basically stuck inside an LSD trip. <laughs> And um, okay, I can believe that. Yeah, not zombie Hulk Hogan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we get that a lot. We get that a lot. Um, yeah, kinda. We actually gave a whole bunch of um, examples of people, mostly like my drongo mates, to like, the artist to use as um, <laughs> as inspiration. And uh, it's uh, it's it'll, it makes more sense the more labels we put out. Like the cosmic label was kind of direction that we're heading in um, which is an awesome label which yeah. we will get we'll get to next yeah it's a it's a big part of we, we really feel like there is a little bit of a link uh, for some breweries these days with um, with artists and and the brand and a, a story to tell and some of my favorite breweries that we draw inspiration from a lot uh, they do have quite a, a prevalent look or image to do with directly to do with their artists like McKellar and Beavertown and yeah. guys like guys like that that we really want um, to basically 
build a story behind mm. these artists and have him um, bring to life um, the brand through the art. That's yeah. important. I mean, obviously the beer has to taste good, but say you're at a craft beer venue and you have 20 fantastic pale ale cans in a fridge. Yeah. How do you choose? It's going to be the art and the branding, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a, I guess it's where you get to find or know that the answer to that because you do see a lot of um, you see a lot of terrific um, brands that are really simple that sell really well so I guess it's just finding the right market that will enjoy that aspect of the, of the beer as well uh, like we, we want to do like a big push on Merch. We want to have some really interesting, cool merch that people will use. That's to do with the um, do with the artwork. Um, so it's a big, it's a big, expensive approach, but um, I, yeah, but it's distinctive. It's yeah, all about it's merch. Yeah, yeah. It's been a long time since we've had a discuss merch merch based discussion on the uh, podcast. I know, I know. We we did a, we did our um, uh, when co-conspirators launched. We did their we were there for their launch and interviewed them then and that um. Uh, the hilarious part was was that, and I gave them shit about this. Um, they had one, one beer, one beer on tap. The henchman in there for its first iteration. Oh yeah. Um, but they had a box full of merch, <laughs> like shirts and hats and everything. Yeah. And it was just, it was a gold mine. Yeah. I well, I, that's probably a good example. I, I think that their branding is terrific. I reckon. I really like. Beagle does a good job. Yeah, yeah. I think it's awesome, and it means that it just means. For me, it brings that particular brand to life, and it gives it a, a real sort of next step or phase. Um, from my appreciation, anyway, um, we're doing we're doing a few of co-conspirators' beers here. And oh. Their beers are, uh, I mean, it helps that their beers are incredible. But uh, I feel like if their branding was just sort of run of the mill, it would just kind of fall into the yeah yeah you know fall away or whatever but the, the fact that their their branding is so cool and just that takes them to that next level i think but the fact that people say oh yeah i'll just i'll just go up and get a matriarch or a exactly. butcher or yeah. a henchman you can tell if you don't even know the brewery you go to the bar and you're like oh that's that's clearly that beer that i enjoyed a few weeks ago that's the same guys yeah yeah straight away yeah absolutely but let's talk about your beer again Alright, so this is a pale ale. Um, should we see what people are actually saying about it? Yes. Um, well, I'll jump in because um, I normally don't read the map, but um, Jeff got called away sadly. Well, we think he's in Sydney. Theoretically. It's a good, uh, it's, it's a good theory. Um, okay, so Simon R, he doesn't say where, he said, light, fruity and floral aromas with a palate to match. Very drinkable. And that was yesterday. Okay. That's good. Um, okay, we've got a... A lot of people aren't saying things. No, which is rude. Here we go. The Beer Baron at Seasons Chicken Cafe. Um, <laughs> nicely balanced APA with mild herbaceousness of topaz giving way to a piney finish. Well, wow. so oh mosaic, yeah. right? It's pretty close. Yeah. 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 Keeps mosaic. Um, um, and, and you're allowed to flag if you know this person. Just okay. Yeah. Um, Alexander N at the Grace. Uh, hoppy and bitter, not in a, but not in a bad way. Three stars. Okay. Oh, of course, could be, could be worse. of course, the one the one we all really want to know is uh, Michael Helm. Oh, for fuck's sake, <laughs> Helmy, who's that? 
I don't know, but he's checked in every single beer we ever check in on the really? episode. He what? always pops up. We, 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 we don't know whether he's a bot or... Yeah, he's probably not a real person, but, you know, this is at McCoppins. Michael Helm, get in touch. Very solid APA, 3.75. Cool. APA? Would you be happy with an APA? Yeah, I think it is a bit more of an APA. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, it's a... What we're shooting for with this beer is we want to really emphasize that mosaic, the, 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 the flavor there. So we're shooting for like a, a candy pear sort of flavor. Um, so still hop driven, yeah, I guess you would say it's American style. Um, so on the bigger side of a, of a regular Australian pale, um, candy pear, really um, nice and juicy, Super, like relatively low bitterness and a big, big sort of big mouthfeel, which I'm hoping will get a um, comment with that exact description. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, that's what I'd write. Almost a month prior to Michael Helm's checking was uh, Michael Helm and Nickelham. <laughs> Very smooth. Also three point seven five. Cool. Um, we also had Jared E, who didn't say where, but um, much like many of the people, they actually um, um, took a photo of the can. Which is always a nice touch. Yep. Uh, it was uh, CCW said, looks like good stuff. Smiley face. And Jared E said, absolutely smashing. Highly recommend a good ale. Awesome. Gus Norris at Dr. Morse. I really, really rate this. Couldn't pass it up. 4.25. And a day earlier at Norris's bar, this really is a great pale. 4.25 still. <laughs> All right, give me one more. <laughs> Gus Norris as well at Dr. Morse a few days before that. This will become popular soon. Phenomenal pale ale, 4.25. <laughs> All righty. Um, There's one for Jeff. Dave Weber at Beer Mash. From yesterday, 3.75. Yes, late chickens. <laughs> but so annoyed. Um, I'm playing the Jeff role. Um, okay, so I guess the obvious question now is, firstly, Oh, I quite like the fact you've already got a new can, brew pub open seven days. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> awesomely optimistic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I probably signed off on that design in September or something. So I did think that was going to be September. So I probably did think it was not that far off, but um, hopefully <laughs> we would have done that whole print by the time we opened. <laughs> It's very, um, who was it? Um, Penny Young, isn't it? Yes, oh yeah. Group the... opening scene, like the back page of Froth for a year. Oh, that's yeah. right, I didn't <laughs> notice that actually. Yeah. It, it, it was like our favourite running thing to the point where that we had, we got in touch with like um, um, Clint who designs it or Malcolm sort of said, um, yeah, is this ever going to happen? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it totally. finally did, we still haven't got to the point. So. I even noticed as well. <laughs> Just like, because uh, it would have cost a piece. Yeah. But, but, yeah, I know. wonder because it's not open because you search for Bodrigo on Google Maps and I'll, it didn't come up for the directions. Mm, mm, that's so I just true. had to put yeah. Dr. Morse in instead. Yeah, right. Just so I could get the directions. Yeah, yeah. Well, I must be because it's not maybe, officially maybe open to the top of the venue. Yeah. Yeah. I accidentally typed in um, 245 Johnson Street uh, at Fitzroy. Oh, yeah. yeah and yeah, yeah. then, it, then it, was, it comes up uh, like I didn't think that there was another one so close to here as well. Mm. And it's like, I don't think that's where it is. Yeah, yeah. But what is there? I can't remember. It wasn't important. It was like my first ever time in Melbourne, Feb 2008. I was just on holiday here with a couple of mates and we wanted to go to the art centre, see this Nick Cave exhibit. So we typed in, you know, such and such. 
you know, St Kilda Road, not knowing that Melbourne does the thing where streets renumber depending on the suburb. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we ended up at some um, news agency, like way up close to St Kilda. But it was Nick Gaven. <laughs> it was not there. Yes. We did buy a scratchy because we thought it'd be a good omen. <laughs> one nothing. And then, yeah, turns out the art centre is, it's quite obvious once you mm. actually know where it is. <laughs> Alrighty, back to the beer. I did enjoy that normal. Um, all right, Paul, what do you think about it? Um, so, so I think it has changed because the first four times I checked it in were all at, um, all in 2016. Yeah, well. And I gave 3.5 every time. But I'm upping my rating to a 3.75 because it's, yeah, it's a really good pale ale. Like I think a cut above, it's got more of a pop character than your yep. standard pale ale, which some people might not like, but I really like. And yep. yeah, just also the fact that it's super fresh yeah. as well. But yeah, I'm really enjoying this. Awesome. Especially yeah. it's really hot and I'm wearing my suit. <laughs> it's, it's going down a treat. Yeah. As always, it is sort of, um, it'll be like this for probably the next 20 times we brew it. There is, it's a sort of two steps forward, one step back process that we have found with all our beers and uh, we're probably kind of a quarter of the way through with this one it's just going to keep getting better but um, there's there's so many little things that um, you kind of just need to tick off and um, either rule out or rule in in its lifespan before you lock it lock it mm. down um, so we uh, the last time we brewed it before this batch we uh, we just find it a little bit so we just tried just tried making it a little bit brighter um, to see, uh, first of all, like how that affected the appearance and the aroma, and um, potentially if it if it did make it any less bitter, um, and it it just made it kind of what we thought it was going to do. It just made it a little bit brighter, but tasted exactly the same. So then we kind of we we do like our beers to have a little bit of natural cloudiness. We will have a, uh, the majority of our hop-driven beers will be naturally fairly hazy. Um, You'll get a lot of attention. Yeah. Apparently, people like hazy. Yeah, I mean, it's just like it's sort of. I'm not saying that all of them will be, but they no added wheat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not because we necessarily decided to do that. It's just coincidentally that um, the style, stylistically, we're looking for beers. Uh, with those characteristics and most of those, some of those characteristics are made up from some, some hazy. Yeah. I think so, we would have found that when we were travelling in the States, one thing I've certainly noticed is most breweries breweries don't use the term NEPA. Mm. They'll just say this is an IPA and some of the range may be cloudy and some may not be, but yeah, yeah. they won't say any of their beers are NEPAs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of breweries in Australia have got in I've got in deep shit for coming out and saying that's a Nepo yeah. without necessarily um, pulling it off, I guess. Um, which, yeah, I, I mean, I don't look into it too much, but just on the forums and stuff, having a quick squeeze, it's like a lot of yeah. guys really cop it if they make an IPA, but they call it a Nepo. Yeah. It's like one way to piss off a beer nerd. Well, we had, we had one once. It was. Mm. Um, Two, I can't remember, it was two Australian IPAs and one was called an IPA and the other was called a NEPA and we poured them it's like, yeah, the one that's called a NEPA is practically clear, the one that's called an IPA is <laughs> hazy. Yeah. They mean well. 
As long as it tastes good, I don't really care. So, <laughs> so back to the beer. So yeah, three point seven five from me. Um, it's also three point seven five from me. It's it's a what it's a lot bolder than I expected from a pale ale. Mm. You know, you have to. There's it's very hoppy, which is it's kind of a good thing. Mm. It's definitely something that um, it's it's something that I would actually look for as opposed to you know. Uh, you can e- uh, you can easily see something that's labelled a pale ale, and your first thought is like, oh yeah, um, okay, well that that'll be that that'll be just fine. Mm. It's nice when it's something that's beyond that. Yeah, because you know pale ales can be a little bit. Um, they're, they're the, uh, they can be very basic. Yeah, yeah. safe. Yeah, yeah, totally. We didn't want it to be safe, and so uh, we're working on. We wanted we wanted to have a little bit more aroma, uh, so we're working on that and. Um, We'll make one or two tweaks, I think, the next couple of batches. But all in all, I think it's getting pretty, it's getting pretty close to where where we want it. Well, this begs, begs like the big question. Here. All right, say say that um, you didn't brew this beer, say that you're just a regular punter. What would you rate it? I think I, I think I would, um, I would really like it. Um, it is, it's. In saying that though, this is my go-to beer in our range, so I do, I am partial to it in a certain respect. Um, I reckon I'd probably go a notch up from 375, I'd go, I'd notch it up to 4. Whoa. Is that, I'm not that familiar with the whole untapped thing, it's like, is that... Oh no, there's no rules. Yeah, that's no, just there's no rules. Yeah, that's not, that's so I mean, our, our general rule is, um, 3.5 is... Nothing special, but yeah. it's a solid beer and would yeah. drink it again. Yeah. And yeah. then three, most, pretty much most yeah. of my beers tend to be in that 3.5 to 4 range. Okay. Oh, alright, 375. I'll talk it up to you. Well, you know, so no, you're about to give no, it a 4. I feel like we'll put you down. You're about <laughs> to give it a 4. But no. on, on that note, let's just pause for a second and we'll come back with our last beer. And we are back, and we're on to a beer that I I mentioned uh, between scenes that this is a beer that I have literally looked up on Now Tapped or Untapped to see if a venue has it, and if it doesn't have it, then I'll skip it. Um, I just went through a phase where I just kept on I'm finding it, and it's like I was thinking, why do I not find it again? It, this is the Cosmic Microwave Nipa, and. I, I, any time, any time someone makes a Nipa, I have to ask a specific question. Did you make a Nipa because you wanted to, or because everyone else is making it? Um, we we decided to make a Nipa uh, because we thought that it fit it fit well in our portfolio. After we've sort of come to a decision, kind of five or six basic beers that we want to stick with and make on a regular basis, we thought that there was a really um, clear gap for a neeper in that in, in that portfolio so it was a pretty easy decision really um, I, was, I was surprised at the sort of culty um, vibe Nipa had behind it so I didn't really look into it that much um, so when we launched this and we had um, we launched it we did two dollar cans at beer mash and oh, shit. it was unreal man it was like uh, there was like a hundred people there, and the whole we sold like fifteen cases in twenty minutes or something. And uh, um, people were just like, I'd never seen anyone get like just a little bit. 
crazy over and uh, that was my first sort of insight into like the Nipah passion I guess of what's <laughs> happening through um, through, through Melbourne I, I guess I'm excited no yeah, over a year now I reckon at least yeah. yeah I don't know how it's still no that was because yeah we first started seeing probably mid mm. mid last year it's got to be earlier than that my track's been around long. but I guess Coping Spirit has only been around for two years. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's bizarre. And I I mean, I can understand in some respects why there's an obsession with it because it's sort of like this, uh, you know, you go off and you get, um, it's it tastes like super refreshing because it's, you know, usually got a bit of fruit in it and things like that. But it is true that I had, uh, on a hot day, I will like look along the bar and find where the neighbor is. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think a, a big reason that it's been successful is because it's a beer that um, you don't have to necessarily be a, a craft guru to, to be able to get into it. Like I know it's been a big, it's been a big um, time that fe- like a, a lot of females get into it because it's like a, a big juice um, characteristics and it's not necessarily the good ones are bitter. So it is, uh, it's opened up, it's been a really important beer stylistically for, in my opinion, for, um, for the craft scene in Australia because it has gotten people on board that don't necessarily um, like other craft beers. It's been a... It's the gateway beer. Yeah, gateway beer, yeah. Um, which is a, it's a, a big part of the reason we want it is because we think, we feel as if, um, if we're making lots of... Uh, like higher alcohol and sort of uh, a little bit more bitter beers. We feel as if this is a, this is a uh, it's completely different and it offers something that the other beers don't have. Um, so I think it's I think they're great. Like I know they cop a bit and it's a it's a bit of a taboo subject to to rally behind them. But I I, I think they're here to stay. Um, I hope so. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like anything that's popular is guaranteed to get a couple of shit. Yeah. It's just like standard practice. Yeah. Well, I think people that want to do them are going to keep doing them and keep trying to tweak it and perfect and get into that quality that you find in the US. Because mm. I don't think I've ever experienced a style where there is clearly a gap yeah. between what's happening in Australia and what's happening in the US. But, yeah, right. um, and I think people that are sort of on it for the hype train will... I always use the Mexican food trend as sort of my example. Uh, everyone was into Mexican food, and every, every other week there was a Mexican restaurant opening. And so many of them have shut down now because people are like, oh, the trend's over. But places that were actually good are still around doing great Mexican food. Oh, yeah. Mexican's just, not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's like the same as um, sour beers. You know, a couple of years ago, everyone was saying that sour think like it's a fad. And, but they're still, they're probably. Statistically, they're probably bigger than ever, even though they've gone past their boom. I bet you, if you had a look at the sales data, that you'd still, uh, you'd still sell. Like, the Australian market would be growing yeah. continuously with the sour beers for sure. Brute IPAs, on the other hand, the sooner we are done with them, the better. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's a different. I think that's a different. Different ball game. Would you do a brute? There's no to... plans for bur- a brute. On there we go. Yeah. <laughs> But you never know. Could be 68. Yeah. They're not 68, 68 ambers, no. Could mm. be 30, 30, 
34 ambers and a 34 brutes. <laughs> God, imagine, imagine having 34 brute IPAs. It'd be brutal. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> Sorry. I, I it's, only, it's only Monday as well. I wholeheartedly approve. I'm usually not, not pulling brutal. those ones out until later on in the week. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, before we get into what other people are saying about it, um, what is the, what is it, what's in a name? Why, why Cosmic Mark? Um, Cosmic Microwave is actually uh, uh, like the, the the theme, I guess, behind the beer and the label is he's he's walking through like an intergalactic space, yeah. um, uh, and Cosmic Microwave is uh, if you Google like a Cosmic Microwave, it's basically sort of a, a fuzzy kind of nearly like it um, when your TV screen isn't quite on the channel right sort of time. Uh. Thing. I'd never really, I'd never really associated that term the way. Yeah. Way, but that makes sense. Yeah, he looks a lot less zombie-like, doesn't he? But he's mm. uh, he's got less stuff going on his face. He looks like he's almost got a bit of a smile going on there. He's got his suit. He's looking kind of almost dapper. I feel, I feel like he's halfway between Tex Perkins and uh, Wayne Coyne from Women Lips. Wayne Coyne. Actually, that's where Tex Perkins was one dude that <laughs> we um, mentioned in the brief when we were putting it together. Um, so that's well picked. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. maybe just a hint of Don Walker. Don Walker was one guy too. Yeah. <laughs> you could go that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, my, my knowledge of, although the suit kind of makes it um, Wayne Coyne. Yeah. Just, although then again, Tex Perkins sounds those as well. Anyway, that's a proper digression. Why don't we talk about what's, what people are saying about this beer? Yeah. Um, so. Uh, Okay, now I'm just on my things. Uh, lots of people taking photos, that's always a good thing. Um, it's always impressive where uh, somebody, uh, Andrew H, in the, Gold, in the Gold Coast, is having it. He gave it four stars, but he bought it, a purchase of Booze Bar, which oh, okay. I assume means he imported it up. Yeah, yeah. Um, this, yeah, this is probably the third the third batch that we've done third or fourth batch that we've done and um, by far the best batch that we've done which is good and clearly people are not, buying it from the not a coin of Gary G at the Metro Village Apartments uh oh the first the first batch we no, did 17th of November 2018 uh oh I, I love finding the bad ones <laughs> I can only hope this was off half a star that, that is the lowest one I've found there we are about Matt D clear the same batch same day fast becoming a standard four stars um, same beer right so uh, the, um, Oliver C uh, doesn't say tough one I like my beers with a heavy back end bitterness but this is a new England IPA the bitterness is way too strong 3.25 Jeff K at the pump house bar and restaurant not bad with the fish and chips 3.25 <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, I'm just impressed that uh, Steve S, who I don't know where he is, purchased this at the Thirsty Camel in Maddington. Wow. Thirsty yeah. Camel. It's got its way over the Perth. Maddington. It's pretty awesome. I don't know. Oh, I didn't know where Maddington was. I was hoping someone would... Well, there, is that, there may be other Maddingtons in... I think it's in Perth. The, the one I know is in Perth. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. What else have we found? Um, what have we got? What have we got? Uh, Walty in Springwood just said pretty good, 3.75. Did you say it like Larry David style? Like, pretty, I, pretty, 
pretty good. I would like to think so, with a name like Walty. <laughs> Lots of people taking photos, which I think is I think is always a sign of a well, uh, It's not Walty, but it's Warty. Oh, at the Warty. Pumphouse Bar restaurant. Nice! Got a honey, honey jar emoji. Hit, <laughs> and then some background chili or something? Four stars. I can't taste honey or chili. No, no. Um, they clearly liked it. Well, maybe it'd be needed. Well, interestingly, LBM at the pump house. Honey smack rather than fruit, fruit punch. IBU 60 and translucent? Double question mark. <laughs> That's not a NEFA. Minus half a point for that. On the right, three stars. Um, honey, that's interesting. That feel like pump house are tasting honey. Wow. Maybe it's something to do with their lines. <laughs> And, and, and then you go the other way, and Steve T at Manhattan on the Park. Four stars. It's like, um, it's, it's an interesting, um, it, you never know what people are going to expect from a beer. We, yeah, we actually, um, one of the batches we did, was, it was delicious, but um, for a reason that's sort of unknown to us, it came out really bright. So we had the same recipe, it was all, same amount of oats and wheat, so it should have been cloudy, but it just wasn't. It was just bright, and I think um, going back to what we were saying before, is people people in Australia understandably want their New England to be cloudy as shit, mm. which is uh, which is cool. Um, Very divisive beer. Yeah. yeah, I still think it's awesome. Um, yeah, it's really good. All right, uh, what do we think about this? Uh, Paul? Well, I think I have to do my jewel, you know, jewel thing that I do jewel with Nipahs because it's too hard to give it a rating against the US ones because the US ones are, so I've, I've always said, I say to every brewer as well, like the US, you know, you know go to upper half and those kind of like, they're, they're just ridiculous. Mm. They're so ridiculous, right? Yeah. That's the, they are ahead of what anyone's doing. So I think compared to the US ones, it's 3.5, like solid beer, would drink again, I like it. For an Australian Nipah though, I'd give it a four. It's really? one of the, it's probably up there with Jedi Juice as far as my favorites. And yeah, I mean, I, I will be drinking this a lot during the summer. Half day spin, that's awesome. Excellent. I mean, I will, I already So give in it, untapped, it gets a four. Yeah, yeah. I, already, I already give it a four. I do, I haven't had enough um, like US Nipahs to really do the um, full comparison. Yeah. but. Uh, I, I just I want to I keep on finding it and I want to keep drinking it I think it's got a nice it's got a nice character to it which um, uh, everyone can make a neeper but not everyone can make a character well I like that it's let's see some of the comments were so one it doesn't have that still a lot of Australian neepers have that harsh bitterness mm. which you just don't want yeah. in an neeper but some of the some of the comments are saying oh it's not juicy enough it's not juicy enough some of the the lesser reviews you saw on Untapped I think that's a that's people misunderstanding what a NEPA should be mm. yes it should be a juicier I'm doing the inverted quotes here you know than an IPA but it's I think people expect everything should taste like fruit juice basically mm. and it's not like again some of the best ones you have they they are juicy beers but they don't taste of juice if that makes sense yeah I think people think that they should taste like juice. Yeah. Which some 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 do and some should, but it doesn't need to have that mm. taste to be an eater. I 
thing we have with Nipah as well is there's, there's just so many variables that, or there's so many potential faults that can easily come through. So you don't really need to make much of a mistake for it to be a big mistake with Cosmics, uh, with New, New England IPAs. So, um, you know, as soon as it's a bit bright or as soon as the, the bitterness is prevalent at all, um, it's an easy, in a lot of ways, it's an easy beer to judge harshly because I do it myself as soon as I taste a bit of bitterness in a Nipah, like, as you were saying, I, I tend to yeah. call it out with even, without even trying to enjoy it first, which is kind of bullshit really because it's like, just enjoy, enjoy it for what it is, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, well, I mean, this begs like the question now, how do you break your own beer? Um, yeah, I mean, this beer's nearly killed me, man. It's been really <laughs> tough, like, because we've had, we've done some really killer batches and uh, we've done some some um, not so good ones. I mean, they've, they've always been pretty good. It's just been, um, yeah, trying to fit that quota stylistically 100% has been hard, but um, I love it. It's my, um, it's probably, I, I drink a lot of it. I try to, um, I try to, save it for the weekends a little bit just because the the extra abv throws me around here yeah um, yeah i know the feeling oh. yeah but um no i i really i really like it i think there's um there's enough the bitterness is low enough to let just all the hops do do the, do the talking completely um i reckon it's got a beautiful big bright mouth feel um, um it's a it's a sessionable beer, even though it's a big beer. Um, I, I really like it. I'd, I'd probably give it a four as well. Um, well, I agree with that, obviously. I was going to say, drinks like a six. <laughs> we haven't used that in this season yet, and it is 6.2%. <laughs> yeah. Not very often you get a six that drinks like a six. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Although it is odd that you kind of almost expect um, Nipahs to be sixes, just because that's, that's... If you got one that's less than that, it almost seems like it, it can't be a Nipah. Yeah. But then again, I mean, these are all rules that we've created for ourselves, and then that'll they'll end up dragging us down into. Like, I mean, there are actual rules. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. There are no rules. There are no rules. Not in the uh, cosmic microwave land. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, one. Uh, we need to finish up because this has been a super long episode, but in a good one. Um. Uh, so. Uh, what is the next beer that's in your bag? Uh, What's the next one that's going to be bottled? Next beer that we'll Can- do... Carrington, sorry. Is, we don't do um, bottles anymore. So we do a, we do a limited um, release about once every six weeks, um, or particularly in summer, called... It's a, it's, we do like a fruit uh, lactose sour. It's oh, called wow. Space Milk. Oh, I've seen pictures of this, yes. Yeah, so we did volume never one. Been a, a, never been around to actually find the bloody thing. Before. Yeah. Uh, hit me up next time we do it. It's um, we're doing volume, volume two in uh, next week, and so we'll see how we go. We'll probably release it towards the end of December, and it's a uh, yeah. All all the space milks are like uh, lactose. We're doing like a lot of native native Australian fruits, and it's a a big fluffy lactose sour. This one, this particular version, is a pineapple, cayenne, and lime. Um, wow. Space milk, yeah. So it's low ABV, uh, shit tons of fruit. So it's um, over 500 kilos of fruit in the tank. Um, 
That's good for you. Mm, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's basically health food. A luminous, bright in colour, super, super um, uh, fragrant, really uh, fluffy and juicy. That'll be the next beer that um, we release. That is when this episode comes out, it'll be pretty much. Uh, yeah. Close enough it'll to. Be, yeah, it'll be early December. Right next, so yes. Cool. Um, people will be able to find that. That's yeah. really exciting. Obviously, they'll not be able to find the beers here because. No, because this place is still. Uh, but, um, um, uh, construction zone. But go to Dr. Morse. It is literally yes. across the road. <laughs> and pop your head in and see how the brewery's going. There's, there are a few like gaps in the windows that you can kind of <laughs> see, what's, see what's going on. Yep. And yep. if you're listening to this episode late and it's fair, but hopefully, hopefully you find it. This is open. Yes, can't wait to Could see well this place be. when it's all done. <laughs> yeah. Um, we should finish up there. Uh, Pete, thank you so much for joining us for an hour or so. Oh man, thanks so much for uh, hitting us up. It's been great. Well, we, we can't go. We can't take an eighty-six and veer off the path a little bit because you know every um, every journey usually has like. Um, a side side quest where you end up a little further away from where the um, the tramway. Yeah, this is that further away. I'm glad we had enough. Quest. We had enough to bring you over. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much. Uh, we have been the Brunswick Beer Collective. Uh, we'll be back next week with the Mill Brewery. Um, in the meantime, uh, we've you been... mean the brewery that we were referring to that we recorded at uh, that we recorded at a few weeks ago. That's crazy, Paul. Um, uh, we uh, we've been Paul Christoph. Good night. We've been Chris Shorten and we'll talk to you all next week.